Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 20 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. You have just one week left to lock in your special pre-order price for your Lightseekers Mythical Booster Boxes. You will still be able to pre-order the following week, but the price is going to go up as I will have to have my initial order in before that time. New cards for Lightseekers Mythical are still being revealed every day, so head over to DeliveryCrab.com slash reveals to see all the new cards. On this week's episode... We have Jordan and Becca, who I met at PAX South. Like the previous two episodes, this episode was recorded shortly after PAX South, but before we started revealing the new Lightseekers Mythical cards, so you won't hear us reference any of those cards in our discussions. The show notes for this episode can be found at DeliveryCrab.com slash 020. That's DeliveryCrab.com slash 020. If you want to follow along with the deck lists as we're discussing them, or if you just want contact information for the guest today, you can find all that in the show notes. But for now, let's get right into the interview. Welcome, Jordan and Becca. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to hear it. I met you guys for the first time at PAX South, and it's actually right away in the morning. Because (laughs) I had some uh, special delivery for Jordan, and I didn't realize that both of you were going to be playing, but got to meet both of you right right away on Friday morning. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know when I get to play things either. I just, he (laughs) says, hey, you're going to play this game. And I'm like, okay. And that's and that's how that works out. <laughs> that, that's, I, I guess I'm not too surprised. I, if I recall, Jordan, you did most of the deck building for the weekend? Yeah, um, I built several decks that I had also just kind of like tested even before going to PAX. Um, sure. That kind of dictated what cards I was ordering for the tournament. Fair enough. Uh, but I still wasn't like set on a particular deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that I wanted to mainly go Sicario, but I wanted to play around while I was there and, and kind of be able to trade some cards and complete my collection more before Sunday. Yeah, know? yeah, it makes sense. My one request is that he, I, I, have a, I think I have a harder time building decks. And so usually mm-hmm. Jordan will put something together that'll help. Cause I don't have a lot of experience with TCGs. Mm-hmm. Really. The first thing I played was destiny really. And it's probably about only been a year of that. So yeah. And she likes a particular play style. So I had to cater to that. that that's always good to know. So speaking of experience, let, mm-hmm. let's back up a little bit. What do each of you have in terms of experience, whether it be board games, card games, TCGs, what, what do you play? Sure. Um, I can start probably since I was six. I started with Magic the Gathering. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had older brothers, and so they were invested in it. Okay, that helps. They, of course, wanted to play with me in test decks and everything. Um, so I played that for a long time, probably up until about Ice Age, and then quit. But then from there, it was just various board games. I didn't really get into too many collectible games up until maybe Hero Clicks, probably about a couple of years ago, and then I played that for a while. Um, I played X-Wing Miniatures. And then as far as TCGs, I got back in with uh, Star Wars Destiny. Um, So that's been kind of my main go-to game for the past year. Okay. And you, Becca? So I was part of the Pokemon fad, but since I didn't have video games growing up, it was just 
the collecting of the cards. Sure. And they were pretty, so I liked them. And <laughs> uh, then that was really mostly it. I got into Dungeons and Dragons a little bit later in high school. A lot of my friends played, and I liked to to watch and kind of watch the role playing. And then. I got to be part of a campaign in college that we played for years uh, until our dungeon master like moved to Malaysia. So uh, totally could have still done it, but the time difference is killer. And then after that, it's been uh, just a couple of board games here or there, and then uh, never really any TCGs and started playing Destiny. Met this dude, and now everything. <laughs> now we play everything. Yeah. <laughs> So you could say your meeting was destiny. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. So the, <laughs> the, the next question is, obviously, you, you do have some experience with TCGs, but where did you first find out about Lightseekers and mm -hmm. what kind of drew you into it? So I first found out about it through the tournament registration for PAX. Um, okay. I had signed up for three days of Destiny tournaments through Cascade Games, yep. who was hosting it. And then I was kind of looking around at what else they were hosting, because I knew they were hosting uh, Legends of the Five Rings, and I kind of dabbled in that a little bit, X-Wing and everything. And then I saw a game on one of their tabs that said Lightseekers, and I hadn't heard of it. So I was kind of curious, you know, what this game is and what's the, what the tournament's going to be like. And then I saw they were doing cash prizing. <laughs> as well as a uh, product for the seal tournament and then just straight cash on Sunday. And it was a free tournament. So I knew that going to PAX, I would probably want some time to actually venture around and enjoy the expo instead of playing Absolutely. games for three days. And I knew the destiny tournaments were going to go from like 11 AM to 5 PM each day. Um, so I figured I really only needed to play that one day. And then uh, when I did my research into light seekers, I kind of like looked online at it, uh, watched some how to play videos. The I think the buff mechanic was really what drew me into it initially. It was different and it seemed pretty um, not too complicated. It, it was pretty streamlined, uh, I would say. Yeah. And the the giant swings that the game can take were pretty interesting. So um, I saw that there was a demo going on near me in Austin. <laughs> and decided decided to even before going to the demo, I picked up a couple of starter packs at Toys R Us, um, sat down with Becca. We played it. We enjoyed it. And so I decided to go to the demo and, uh, you know, see if there was promos I could get and see if there's other people playing it. Talk to the person running it. So, yeah, that's initially how I got into it. Uh, so so Becca, then did you just kind of follow along because he played the demo and such or did you not really get into it until packs? So I didn't, I would say, get really into it probably until the drafting at PAX. Like I enjoyed playing it and then I enjoyed playing it. And after a four hour trading session that I didn't know I was going to um, <laughs> after that, but it looked pretty. It seemed simple enough. It definitely took me a little bit of practice because I don't think I have the experience and my cat's starting to open my door. But uh, I really didn't get into it as much until we played it in draft on that, like that Friday night, because it simplified it even more. And it was unexpected and exciting. And because there were so little restrictions on building a deck, you got to really get creative because you could play all of these colors and you could play just about any combo you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I got to come up with some creative strategies and I got to think I was doing pretty well. And after that, I was, I was, I was sold. That That's interesting because I was just talking about this with some people earlier this week that 
I, I, I didn't think draft was really a good way to introduce people to the game because the rules differ so much from the standard. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are so many th- more things you can do with draft. But I, I do have to say the draft format, every time I've played, the, well, every time I've played, the rules have been slightly different because it's still kind of, they're beta yeah. testing it. It's, yeah. it's a work in progress, but it is a lot of fun. That, mm-hmm. that I don't think can really be denied. I, I, I'm glad you got a chance to, to, to try the draft, but then going into the Sunday tournament, did you find that you had to kind of relearn things? Or I mean, I guess a lot of the, well, the differences did, so- are just in deck building. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have a lot of practice with deck building, and I think that's why I liked draft so much was because it was really, really simple deck building. Sure. And then, um, but Jordan and I play tested a lot, which is kind of how we ended up both playing very Same similar deck. decks. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we knew the rules pretty well going into it. Uh, the only thing we were caught off guard by, I think, was splashing colors. Sure. We didn't we didn't quite know how to read some of it. So like, you know, when somebody puts out a green item and they're playing a mountain deck, like, okay, uh, I know they're gonna put in some green cards, but I don't know what. Yeah. And so I didn't know quite what to expect there. I wasn't familiar enough with everything to know how to read it. Makes sense. Yeah. That I mean, you you will learn if you haven't already. The the element different elements are kind of broken mm-hmm. down into like this one is going to be your attack cards. These are going to be yep. your defend cards, more or less. There mm-hmm. are many exceptions, but yeah, you can kind of guess where they're going with it depending on which item they're throwing down. Yeah, I just hadn't spent the time kind of figuring mm-hmm. that out yet, but now now I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I believe it, yeah. But like you said, you, you did uh, end up going t- with the mountain order. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, you both have quite similar decks. Yes. Yeah. Stole uh, it. How how did that come about? So the first deck I built was a Sicario deck, and that was the one I was really wanting to practice with and play. Okay. Fun story about that Sicario deck. It went on to the top four when yeah. we let one well, of I'll our get, friends I'll pilot get, it. I'll get there. Um, <laughs> but so I built that deck wanting to play it. Um, I just liked kind of how it played. And then I was testing it against a deck that I made for Becca. I knew she liked just kind of damage, you know, smash, just throw out a bunch of damage and kind of blitz. Sure. And Dolo seemed like the right fit. Uh, it would help her draw some cards. Um, it would throw out a bunch of damage. It would also heal for a lot. Um, so I kind of tossed one together, gave it to her and started playing against her. And she kept beating me. Uh, <laughs> so then I started trying building other decks. Like I built a tech deck. I built an astral deck. And every time she kept beating me with Dolo. And I'm like, well, this is just a straightforward, good, solid deck as far as dishing out the damage and healing. Yeah, it's not trying to do anything tricky. It just does what it does. And I limited the buffs in the deck to prevent a whole bunch, you know, hinging on removal or not. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, you know, just damage from hand and healing from hand and it served her well. She was able to pilot it. So I'm like, you know, I might as well just go with this deck too. Cause it seems pretty good. And I know it inside and out now. And also I had a friend who wanted to play. And since I had that Sicario deck, I handed it off to him. And like Becca was saying, he was the one who ended up doing way better than us and going into the top four. <laughs> out of curiosity, like what, I'm assuming he has quite a bit of experience playing TCGs that he can just pick up a deck and go with it so the previous day he won the galactic qualifier for star wars destiny okay uh, was a feat in itself with 50 entries uh for a game that's been out for a year yeah 
first place. And he's won regionals around Austin before he's from Houston, um, but he won regionals around Austin before. Um, so I've seen him around. And so he, he's definitely one of those guys who can read a situation, try and take his time, figure out the math and try and make the right play. And I handed him the deck that morning of the tournament, oh, sat down wow. and spent maybe 15 or 20 minutes and to explain to him like, you know, what to kind of, play and, and look for with the deck with the Sicario deck and how to kind of use the tricks it, it, exactly because there are a few things you kind of need to know when mm-hmm. playing that deck exactly and he picked it up right away and did very well with it yeah obviously <laughs> i mean he ended up he even beat uh bova in a match i believe mm-hmm. i think that's right too yeah going back to your deck though that you mm-hmm. did actually play in the tournament yes um if you if you do you have the deck list in front of you i do if you just want to give me a quick rundown of that list, and then we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. Sure. So the hero was Dolo, um, as I said. And then with buffs, um, I, tro- I chose Prism Cannon, uh, Mountain Fort, Enchanted Soil, Colossi Artifact. Um, for attacks, it was Flame Bat, Flame Chain Warrior, Lava Bouncer, Crystal Bat, Crystal Leech, three rock, or I guess I'm not sure if I'm going to do quantities, but Rock Rager. <laughs> Magma Spitter, um, and then for Defend, I put Boulder Feast, and then the combos were Crystal Skin, Shatter Flame, Wrath of the Mountain, Inferno, and Stream of Tantos. And then the differences between Becca and I's deck was I put in two Fire Sparkers, and she had two Ambush Worms. So, looks like it's actually quite balanced from what I'm seeing between, like, Attack and Defend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should have been balanced. I tried to balance between sort of damage mitigation healing attack as well as element distribution uh sure. in order for the combos to work that's something i didn't look into quite yet but yeah ma- making making sure those combos work whether they pay for themselves or you have cards mm-hmm. in hand to pay for them is is one of the i guess not necessarily trickiest parts but one of the most intricate parts of the game to make sure it actually works it's definitely tricky. I think that was the <laughs> hardest part of the whole game for me to learn was the whole symbol economy. <laughs> yeah. So looking at the specifically the buffs right now, I guess, is there any reason for like, I don't know what kind of access you had to cards ahead of time. I had a pretty good access. Um, I had purchased uh, for Mountain. I purchased two starters. So that way I could mm-hmm. build Becca her deck. I actually purchased it morning of the tournament so I could try and um, build it because I only had the one Dolo deck yeah. the whole weekend mainly. And then when I decided, okay, I want to play that deck, and I was debating what deck to give to Becca, she was like, well, I really wanted to play that. So I was just <laughs> like, okay, I think I have extras of everything. I just need some of the stuff from the starter. So I'll just buy the starter and toss in everything. And that's where we got to the difference of Fire Sparker and Ambush Worm. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's mostly just a modified starter uh, with some extra stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I was going to say, mo- most of that seems to be from the starter, and like you, you don't have like more than one Enchanted Soil or any of the exclusive cards. Like yeah. You only kept one of each of those in there. So exactly. That, that helps pretty, a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it, I had I had all the commons. I had duplicates mm-hmm. of all the commons. It was just stuff like Lava Bouncer, Enchanted Soil, and I think that was mostly about it. That, was, that were the limitations. So did you notice... I, I don't know how much either of you got to play test like both versions of this deck then, but did you notice a big difference switching out the Fire Sparker for Ambush Worm? So I noticed that whenever I played the first deck that I wasn't using the Fire Sparkers okay. as much. 
Um, I knew where like they were intended to be used, but the instance to use them never really came up. And so when we needed to come up to put something for their place, the I I picked the ambush worms mostly because I wanted to use it as an intimidation factor and in situations where people might be throwing out that 14 damage vine lash or something like that. I was just like, well, if I'm, if they're going to make me hurt, I'm going to make them hurt right back. And that's, and that's how that, that mm-hmm. one ended up getting picked out. And I think that was really the only big thing that I made a big choice in putting in there. When playing this deck, did you, did you find that you had enough protection most of the time? I, I, like enough protection in the deck is one thing, but like, were you able to get to it? Or did you find yourself hurting like early on? Yes and no. Uh, Some of the games, when I got my protection, I did pretty well. Um, And I was able to keep alive, you know, without much effort. There was one game that I played where I didn't get any healing or any damage mitigation and had to keep drawing. And maybe after three rounds of still not drawing anything, I got KO'd. And it was by an aggressive Trianu deck. Sure. Which was kind of weird to just have this Trianu do 12 <laughs> points of damage every turn. Yeah, that can be rough for sure. I, I Especially when you do have... I No, this is at least the second deck that I've had on the show, the Colossi Artifact in your main deck here. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I've seen a lot of up to this point, but it, it seems to kind of maybe becoming more of a regular thing. I'm not I sure. Mean, for- for a Dolo deck, I think it's perfect fit because with the Crystal Skin combo, you uh, basically ignore up to four damage for four turns. So if you have the Colossi Artifact with the Crystal Skin, you're effectively taking zero damage from non-combo attacks. If the card's played in the proper order. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, even then, you can still get away, like, you can still squick away with maybe only one or two slowly getting pinged if you're using the, if you're using, like, Mountain Fort or Enchanted Soil. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the time, I couldn't get Crystal Skin out, or I just didn't get it. And so I would kind of compromise, and I'd have a Colossi Artifact out with the Enchanted Soil or the Mountain Fort. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of, um, and then I found out that, and then nobody really played anything on me, and I just got to stay alive for a few turns. That's what I found. Like I, as you may know, I've been playing a lot more mountain lately. Well, Becca would know for sure. But yes, I would. <laughs> the, the way a lot of these cards work, like like you said, there there are so many damage reducing buffs mm-hmm. that people do start removing them. So after a while, they just get to sit out there because they don't have any more buff removal, mm-hmm. and so you are almost guaranteed at that point to be able to reduce this stuff or heal or just block whatever you want to and that's when you can really kind of go to town on them oh yeah for sure i think that's how i've got a couple of the prison cans off was letting them just remove other buffs first mostly mountain forts or the enchanted soil and then i'll pop out the prism cannons trying to overwhelm them do you have a favorite i guess win condition i mean in this deck it's definitely just doing the damage as quick, quick as possible um, I think win condition wise, it was most satisfying uh, using combos to just, you know, kind of like Wrath of the Mountain out for a bunch of damage and then just kill them in one shot or something like that. But one of my favorite combos actually was using the 
what is it, the Crystal Bat and the Rock mm-hmm. Rager? Yep. Um, so that I can get my heal, do some damage, and then do even more damage with the Rock Rager. So it was just nine damage and three healing for a turn. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, you get a nice 12-point swing. That's, mm-hmm. that's good on any turn. Yeah. Definitely the same one. I really enjoyed whenever people were kind of comfortable, like right at 10. I think... I can't remember how many of my games ended up happening it happening that way, but I definitely like Inferno'd for the win, I think maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. And that was that was really fun. And then the game that I had with you was probably, I would say, the most memorable because <laughs> I didn't know your win condition until it was almost too late. Sure. And at that point, like the end of that game was really intense. Mm-hmm. And so um just because I had no idea which way it was going and I hadn't seen really any other win conditions beyond like smash them in the face Mm -hmm. and don't die. And so definitely the game going to time and then being that person who has the most life left Mm -hmm. seems like a really cool win condition. And I would say that it would be the way that I would have maybe even originally gone because I've been a fan of those sorts of decks and control decks before. Turtling. Turtling. I'm not, it's not turtling. It's (laughs) like, Mill, if you can give me a game with a mill win condition, I'm usually pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this situation, those decks that were made to last up until the very end is like probably the same as a mill win condition, which I think would make me really happy. Yeah. I just didn't know it existed until I was almost not winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, it was definitely a well fought game and. I, I, I just ran out of time. Like I, I wanted to get you down before time, but unfortunately with that Dolo deck, like you had just as much defense as I did. And so it didn't Mm -hmm. work out that way. I think you boulder feasted at the end or something to get the extra health. I forgot. Um, I believe so. I was, yeah, I ended up, I think at the end of it, I had like three boulder feasts in my hand, but I didn't use them early because it took me a while to figure out that, oh, you weren't doing damage, and I was using my heals for nothing. And so at that point, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to throw out as much damage as I can. <laughs> and then, because yours was, yours was the first match that I ever had where it went to time, and I had to figure out how to keep enough cards in your deck that you wouldn't be able to use your character's ability. Yeah. And so it was just a matter of like, okay, well, if I can throw things back in there, and then I'll just keep healing, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And it worked out for you. It did. Oh my gosh. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah. So going forward, if mm-hmm. it, it, I'm assuming you guys are probably going to keep playing this game, you had a good yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel that you would play a similar deck or is there something else you wanted to try? Um, or if you do play w- a similar deck, what, what kind of changes would you make? I would personally probably try and go back to Sicario. I really liked the flow of that deck um, okay. and trying to splash a color with it. I've heard some people talking about tossing Subjugator in there, so that would be interesting. I don't know what I would tweak about the Dolo deck outside of maybe just running some things that would, I guess, somehow splashing a color to obtain even more removal. Sure. Um, I think only having the three Crystal Leeches uh, is, a, is a little limiting, so maybe... Tossing in, like, uh, what is it, the Shattering Blow combo to get rid of some items. Uh, I think so. I'd have to look at my cards here. But, <laughs> it's Crushing yeah. Blow. Yeah. Crushing Blow, that's what it is. Yeah, so that, and then, because um, it seems like a lot of decks that I've played, uh, there was a lot of card draw going on. Yep. So maybe the Creeple that, you know, reduces it to seven, I think, against the 
Jitalis deck that I played, he had pretty much his whole deck in hand. Probably, yeah. About- I, I mean, he, he, that that deck in particular, I, I believe, has a, a lot of good ways to get cards back. Anyway, but yes, mm-hmm. get, giving them that handicap at some point, even yeah. with the Creeple Jester to get it down to seven, would pr- should give you some advantage. Yeah, that would give me an opening to then strike. Yep. Uh, so it'd be something where I would save up to that, you know, unleash that on him, and then try and go for the damage while he's trying to get everything back. I don't know. I mean, I like the Dola deck that I played. I'm sure it could definitely use some improvements, but for the most part, it was pretty solid. Becky, you feel the same way? So I really liked it. It's one of those things where I would love to splash it possibly with purple because there's some really gross stuff in purple. Dread, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it's all good. I don't mind color, entertaining colors. Great. And then, um, but really, it was something where I really wanted to do some semblance of an astral deck. But at the time that we were coming in on Sunday, we didn't really have what we needed to do an astral deck. And some of it was stuff that I picked up in draft where I was like, I really like these cards. I like how they work out. And then we deck tested. And just because we didn't really have what we needed, an astral deck just wasn't working for me for Sunday. So I'd really like to go back and try for an astral deck just because it's so... Like, as I said, uh, Mill, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely that aspect of control that you get from Astral looks really fun to play. And so I'd love to try something with Astral. Fair enough. All right. Um, I think that gives us a pretty good overview of what's going on here. If people want to get in touch with you, talk about Lightseekers, talk about these decks in particular... Uh, where's the best place to get hold of you? Um, I would say there's a Discord for an online Lightseekers League. All right. Um, I joined that, so trying to be somewhat active in that. And then also, uh, I would probably say, where else could they get in touch with me? I guess I don't know. <laughs> Need like a good like Facebook group, like sort of like a not not the company's Facebook group, but like there needs to be like sort of like a fan overall, a good, like a community, like a community a Facebook, Facebook group. group. Oh, we could look into starting one. Um, quick question uh, on the Discord. What's your username there? Uh, it's Venetic. And then right. mine is Bexrax. You're on Discord as well? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, we'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes for anyone who's looking along with this deck list. But I think that's all we got for now. So thank you both for coming on the show. And mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see you at some more conventions, perhaps? Uh, yeah, we got our tickets to Gen Con. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know so, if I get to go yet, but well, I hope I get. I hope I do. I'll, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys there then. All right, <laughs> thanks. And that's going to wrap up this week's interview. Thank you once again to Jordan and Becca for joining me on this episode. And as they mentioned right at the end of the episode, we do indeed need a Facebook group for the community. So that's what we did. We started up a Facebook group. You can head over to deliverycrab.com slash Facebook, and that will redirect you to the group that we've started. It's a really strong group right now. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced player, we seem to have a little bit of something for everybody. We've been tracking all the reveals from Lightseekers Mythical. We've been answering questions from newcomers. Whatever kind of concern or question you have, if it's Lightseekers related, we should have some way to help you. 
So if you want to find that page, once again, delivercrab.com slash Facebook. If you're looking to pre-order Lightseekers Mythical here in the U.S., go to delivercrab.com slash pre-order. If you're in the U.K., I know there are a variety of sites over there. I know both heroicstarfish.com and vitalizingfrog.com are taking pre-orders right now. If you need to find the show notes for this episode, those can be found at delivercrab.com slash 020. That's all we have for this week. It's time to go make some more deliveries.